Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Calmly Create Wealth Podcast, Canadian Equities Edition. My name is Marcel Mares, and I'm a portfolio strategist for Century Funds. Today on the podcast, we have Brian Brown. He's a portfolio manager, and we'll discuss some of the trends he's seeing in midst of an earnings season in Canadian equities. But before we get started with questions for Brian, I want to provide you with a quick update for the Century All Cap Income Fund. This is a Canadian all cap mandate with the ability to invest up to 49% in foreign securities. Currently, the fund has approximately 51% in Canada and 45% in US and the remainder in international equities. The focus of the fund is to invest in companies with structural growth tailwinds across the market cap spectrum. This means there will be small and mid cap holdings, which tend to perform better during a recovery expansion phase. And then nine out of last 10 recovery small mid caps outperform large caps. Brian uses a GARP investment approach, which means growth at a reasonable price. So the fund is not invested in deep value stocks. And Brian will elaborate on this. Brian has been supporting the Century Fund since 2013. In December 2018, he was promoted to a lead portfolio manager on the Century All Cap Income Fund. And since then, the fund has delivered superior returns. It was first quartile in 2019 and 2020 amongst thousands of funds. So he's done a tremendous job managing this mandate and the Century Canadian Income Fund, which has a larger cap tilt, which he also co-manages. Brian, thank you for joining us. Can you describe your investment approach specifically for the all-cap income fund? Because it is slightly different than the Century Canadian Income Fund. How has it worked? And maybe why such a high allocation to U.S. equities? Thanks, Marcel. With the all-cap income fund, simply put, it has a growth and quality focus. To be more specific, there are six things that I'm looking for. Number one is businesses that exhibit above average industry revenue growth or generate robust absolute growth in the area of about 10%. With the Canadian Income Fund, the focus is more free cash flow focus as opposed to revenue. Number two, I'm looking for companies with returns on invested capital that are high or have the potential to rise as businesses mature and addressable markets grow. Third thing is I incorporate small cap stocks, which enhance the returns and diversification of the fund. With the Canadian Income Fund, the focus there is more large cap. Fourth, I'm looking for companies with low leverage and little commodity exposure to protect on the downside. And number five, something that's common with a lot of portfolio managers is companies with sustainable competitive advantages in industries with high barriers to entry. And lastly, I'm looking for a margin of safety when I'm entering a position based on projected free cash flows with a minor emphasis on trading valuation multiples. Whereas the Canadian Income Fund is a little bit more strictly focused on free cash flows. In terms of the foreign content, the US exposure allows me to invest in some world-class technology and healthcare companies, which are not available in Canada. And given that, we are now part of CIGAM, I have the ability to leverage the expertise of some of my coworkers who have a very good understanding of foreign markets and actually have boots on the ground in areas like Hong Kong to enhance my foreign content exposure. 
That's great. Brian, can you talk about a few names that performed well in 2020 and why? Sure. There's a few names that, that helped out the portfolio last year. And I would say that one common theme amongst all of them is that they all benefit from structural growth tailwinds. The first company that I would, I would highlight is Canaxis. Now, Canaxis is a Canadian company. They're a disruptive force in supply chain planning and management. And they created a technique to rapidly scenario plan the outcomes of changes to a business's supply chain, utilizing an in-memory database to connect demand to master scheduling, capacity, inventory, and distribution. COVID increased the appeal of their offering as many businesses had to optimize their supply chains. I'd also highlight that the business is stable with 80% of Ford 12-month revenue from customers in place at the beginning of the year and an over 100% net revenue dollar retention. Additionally, the adjustable market for Canaxis is growing at nearly 20%. Another company that helped out the performance is Brookfield Renewable Partners. Brookfield Renewable Partners is a globally diversified owner and operator of renewable power assets. The company's business model is to utilize its global reach to acquire and develop high quality renewable power assets on attractive terms, finance them on a long-term low risk and investment grade basis through a conservative finance strategy and optimize cash flows by applying the company's operating expertise to enhance value. There's a growing importance of decarbonization with governments and now corporations taking aggressive stance on setting significant net zero or renewable level targets. Thus, Brookfield has the ability to sell power directly to not just governments, but also corporate clients. And lastly, the company has a proven track record of utilizing their low cost of capital to its advantage targeting 12 to 15% returns through its capital recycling strategy. And lastly, I would just highlight Lightspeed Point of Sale Inc. Now Lightspeed is a point of sale platform solution provider for small and medium sized enterprises in the retail and restaurant industries. This is a company that offers disruptive growth. If we take a look at the point of sale market, it's large and mature, however, the incumbent vendors control 70% of the market and they're on antiquated, expensive, and largely on-premise systems. With Lightspeed's leading cloud-based solution, they consistently steal share, allowing them to grow organically above 40% versus the industry average of 10%. And one opportunity that is, is very uh, Encouraging is their payments opportunity. Uh, Lightspeed Payments, they was la launched in 2019, offering payment processing through its point of sale terminals. They're a payment facilitator, just like a PayPal, Square, or Stripe, and it eases many pain points for merchants, and attach rates have trended in the very high 50 to 60% range. That's great, Brian. These are some great ideas that, that I assume you continue to hold. Can you talk about other names uh, that you bought or sold more recently and why? Uh, sure. So there's, there's a couple names I can talk about here and they are related. So the first company, uh, one that we added recently is Jameson Wellness Inc. Now, this is a company that a lot of people are familiar with when you go to the grocery store or pharmacy company. And it's uh, an almost 100 year old vitamins, minerals and supplements company 
with the largest market share in Canada. Their market share in Canada is about 25%. Now an opportunity emerged uh, in, in early November with the vaccine announcements. Uh, the stock pulled back from their, from, their, from their high in November with the expectation that ele elevated sales would normalize uh, following the, the positive COVID-19 vaccine developments. But through channel checks, uh, we, think, uh, we think otherwise. Their revenue growth has been trending uh, about 11% over the last three years versus an industry average of 3%. And this is due to constant innovation to address evolving consumer preference. A recent example would be uh, the launch of one of their uh, plant-based proteins. And I'd also highlight they have a rapidly growing international business. International is about 15% of their sales right now. And last year, that grew at about 50% year over year. Now we added Jameson after we got some very good news that one of our key holdings, People Corp, uh, was being taken out. So on December 14th, People Corp announced that they would be acquired by the Goldman Sachs Merchant Banking Division. And that bid came in at a 36% premium uh, to where the stock was trading. Now, People Corp provides employee benefits, group retirement, and human resources consulting services in Canada. And at their core, they're a third-party benefits administrator, meaning that they can switch out insurance companies without disruption to clients, which provides a solid value proposition to their clients. People Corp also consults with clients and helps tailor benefits packages for employees shifting demand. In recent years, I would highlight that their revenue growth has trended above 10% and that their overall revenue and EBITDA growth has been above 30%. So this has been a, a great company. It's worked out very well for us. And we uh, took the proceeds from that takeout and we've invested in Jameson. That's great. That's some great insight. Uh, and it's nice to see those, those wins for investors. Now, how is the earnings season shaping out so far? Is there a general trend you're seeing in guidance? And lastly, what is your outlook for Canadian equities for 2021? Okay, thanks, Marcel. In terms of uh, the earnings season, we're very early, but we have seen uh, a couple companies come up with the results. I would highlight that Open Text, they've reported... And they've talked about seeing green shoots in the areas of healthcare, automotive, and retail. And this re really speaks to uh, the economy being on pace for recovery. Um, we've also seen a few of the Brookfield entities report, um, in particular, Brookfield Infrastructure Partners. And they also speak to that reemergence of demand. For my outlook overall for 2021, you know, turning the page on, on last year, uh, where we saw the emergence of COVID-19. Uh, we, along with many of our economists, expect a rebound as vaccines are administered with the hopes that by mid-year, they'll be available to the general public. Broadly, we expect restored consumption as hours worked continues to improve. We expect faster population growth as restrictions on international travel are reduced. We're expecting continued mortgage growth which snapped back last year as interest rates remain low. And we're also looking for improved energy exports, especially as Enbridge Line 3 replacement undergoes construction. So we have an optimistic view on 2021 and that the recovery should provide ample opportunities to invest in companies that offer robust revenue growth and strong profit margins. That's great, Brian. Again, thank you for joining us. We appreciate the bottom-up insight. 
For the listeners, if you want to know more about the Century All Caps Income Fund and other Century Funds, check out CI.com and join us next week for another update on Century Funds. Thank you and have a great day. This podcast is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal, legal, accounting, tax, or investment advice, or construed as an endorsement or recommendation of any entity or security discussed. Investors should seek the advice of professionals prior to implementing any changes to their investment. Certain statements in this podcast are forward-looking that are predictive in nature, depend upon, or refer to future events or conditions. Forward-looking statements are subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from those set forth. Although the forward-looking statements contained herein are based upon what CI Global Asset Management and the Portfolio Manager believe to be reasonable assumptions, neither CI Global Asset Management nor the Portfolio Manager can assure that actual results will be consistent with these forward-looking statements. Certain statements contained in this podcast are based in whole or in part on information provided by third parties, and CI Global Asset Management has taken reasonable steps to ensure their accuracy. Market conditions may change, which may impact the information contained in this podcast. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the prospectus before investing. The indicated rates of return are the historical annual compounded total returns, net of fees and expenses, payable by the fund, including changes in security value and reinvestment of all dividends or distributions, and do not take into account sales, redemption, distribution, or optional charges or income taxes payable by any security holder that would have reduced returns. Mutual funds are not guaranteed, their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated.